When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana and you're listening to the Mall Over Codpost. Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's Mall Over Podcast. The only rugby podcast gives you news, news and opinion on the weekend's rugby action or the West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Mall Over Podcast. Mall Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook. And you can find all of our podcasts on Anchor, Apple Pods and lots of other podcast areas. A uh, bit different this week. It is just the two of us, me and the Lensman. Just the two of us. I mean, we're definitely not going to make it if we try. <laughs> <laughs> should we um, not try then? Should we not try? Unless, I mean, what you might get is approximately 40 minutes of us insulting each other. In one way, shape, or form, um, on a podcast, I reckon it. I reckon it is. I mean, maybe we'll be, you know, a bit less sweary and definitely a lot less self-righteous than other podcast duos. Oh, that will be less self-righteous. Oh no, we definitely will. Oh no, uh, no, than than other podcasts, than other podcast duos. Potentially, yes. Potentially, <laughs> absolutely, yes. <laughs> and you can, you don't have to window dress it. We'll be less cunty. Oh, 100%. Well, no, 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 no. I'm all right with being more country. I'm all right with that. <laughs> and I, I like I like the fact that, you know, advisory, if you listen to this in the car with kids, unlucky because Doug's dropped the C-bomb within the first minute and a half. Right. So uh, there you go. Um, we thought, as it's just the two of us tonight, uh, the England squad was announced today. You've already listened, no doubt, to great podcasts like the Egg Chasers. Um, Rugby Ranta Banter has not been released yet, so you've not heard Eddie talk about um, any of the, the games, and I'm sure you will anyway. So what we'll do is we'll forego all of the weekend's action and we'll just dive right into the England squad that was uh, that was announced today for the Autumn Internationals. A few surprise omissions, few surprise inclusions... Some little bits and pieces, some thoughts and feelings from myself and the lensman. So um, let's dive in, Doug. Shall we? Let's let's get into the the forwards first of all. If I um, just read through them very quickly, so there's Jamie Bl- uh, Blaymeyer, Callum Chick, Luke Cowan-Dickey, uh, Tom Curry, Trevor Davison, uh, Nick Dolly, Alex Dombrant, Charlie Yules, Ellis Genj, Johnny Hill, Mara Toje, Courtney Laws, Lewis Ludlum. Joe Marler, George Martin, Sam Simmons, Carl Sinclair, Will Stewart, and Sam Underhill. A um, couple of names in there that, you know, unless you avidly follow the Premiership, you may not have heard too much about. Um, Blay Meyer, Dolly, Trevor Davison to pick probably three. Are you surprised by by their inclusions, Doug? I mean, you you watch a, a oh. lot of Premiership rugby. Certainly not Nick Dolly because he's doing stuff that, you know, grabs attention, scoring a lot of tries in a team that's playing pretty well. So that that kind of, it goes against what Eddie Jones normally does because he normally doesn't give two shits about people who are any good for club teams. So um, Davison, I'll hold my hands up. I've never heard of him. Um, Apparently he's already got a cap. Did he get a cap in the summer? Maybe they don't count. So um, they do actually, they do. Of course they count. Um, <clears throat> disappointed that Marler's back in. I think he's treated England selection as a bit of a gag. 
Um, I know we, we, we're getting off the, the what, what we were saying about you know unsort of. Well, no, what you're saying is what you're saying is kind picked, of right. So. What you're saying is quite kind of right, though. What you're saying is right because oh, it's absolutely right. I mean, you don't get to say, "Oh, I don't fancy that tour," or "I don't fancy this this year," or "I don't fancy that." Like playing for England's a, a privilege that not many people get, and Joe Marler's playing sort of he's he's treating it as if he's bigger than the shirt. Mm. Only playing international rugby when he fancies it. I don't I don't think that's right. Like you either don't want to play for England or you don't. I just for and, me, and he's got a sort of catch all get out of jail free card because he'll just say, Oh, mental health, and everyone goes, Yeah, fair enough. But um for me well one, it demonstrates that your heart's not in it. Your heart's not in playing for England. If you've chosen off your of your own accord not to play for England, your heart's not in it. The thing is about this whole picking Joe Marler, you know, you can talk about the, some of the people that he's left out, but there, there's a lot of progression in this squad and whether it's progression towards the World Cup, whether it's finding new players, new backups, new starters, maybe. The inclusion of Joe Marler, it just seems, it seems nonsensical, when, especially when you couple it with all of all of the other stuff that that goes along with it, and it just it just frustrates me because I mean yes and no. Well, I mean you can see why he would want, and let's not let's not, you know, I'm not just here to bash Joe Marler. Let's let's be honest. He's playing really well. My bigger issue is that no one should be bigger than the England shirt. I think you can have progression, but you need a platform for that progression to be able to succeed. And I think potentially if you're going to be playing with a bit more of a lightweight back row with, I mean, say for example, he starts Dombrand or Simmons in the back row, you need a front row that's going to dominate. And the way that you can't say that, you know, who are other tight heads in that squad? They're Genge, Genge. tight head. And no, Genge is a one. Sinclair's a tight head, isn't he? No, Sinclair's a loose head because they go. Uh, sorry, Marla's a loose head as well, isn't he? Marla's it? a loose head and Genji's a yeah, loose Sinclair's head. Yeah, Sinclair's a tight head. So one. yeah, um, who, who's your who's your man? Will Stewart. Just, Will Will Stewart. Uh, yeah, you, you need you need um, a, a platform that's you know going to dominate in the, in the front row and our second row will dominate, which you know, enables us to play a slightly lighter weight back row if he wants to play a more expansive game. So if you're going with a back row potentially of Dombrand, Underhill, Curry, then you can see why he would pick Marler. It's not it's not a progressive pick. It's not a pick I would have made. I'd have I'd have thanked him, given him a carriage clock and told him to fuck off and enjoy the last couple of years at Harlequins um and and working on his PR skills, which he seems to be very concerned with at the moment so um the, for, for me i mean that it, it's a real it's a real sort of schizophrenic squad there's some players in there that you're like okay i can see why he's bringing them in i think we know everything we need to know about players like um charlie yules um we know i Sinclair again we know everything we need to know about Sinclair it it seems like he I don't know I the thing with Sinclair is I think he believes all his own hype and and that's kind of got the better of him I hate I can't stand the sort of you know that look that he's got where he he almost seems like he can't be bothered to be there like oh I'm gonna scrum now I'm gonna look really nonchalant cool about it look at me chewing gum aren't i brilliant you know a bit too much of that for my he, he sometimes has that johnny bairstow vacant stare you know when he's been pinged for a penalty for it, doing it's some... another it's another one of those he's another one of those players and there are a number of them in multiple sports who just think they're bigger than the game who think that they're so good they can behave and and carry themselves over they like and i I seem to remember last year saying this England rugby team is one of the most unlikable rugby teams there is 
or one of the most unlikable sports teams there is going. And the funny thing about it is with the players like Don Brandt and Curry, Cowan Dickey, Chick, Johnny Hill, um, Ludlam, Simmons, Underhill, they're players who wear their heart on their sleeves and, and they, you know, they're still, I'm surprised that Tom Curry's got 30 caps already, but, he still feels fresh, like he's trying to prove himself. Yeah. And I think with people like Sinclair and, and Marla, it almost feels like, well, I'm, I'm owed it now, you know? And there's been, there's, there seems to be, and, and you can, you can say that, um, Blemeyer and Davison and Stewart, I mean, Stewart's got 12 caps out of nowhere. Um, the front row, for quite a while, so Mako Villapola aside, obviously he's one of the glaring omissions from this squad. Um, like the, there's not been an awful lot of road, an awful lot of talent come through in the front row for quite some time. You think of how long we stuck with, how long England were, and not necessarily stuck with, but how how long Dan Cole played for England for. You know, Harry Williams has been in, in and out from Exeter, Hepburn from Exeter, Ben Moon again from Exeter. Then you add Sinclair and Genge, people clamouring for them to be in. Um, you know, people talking about Beno Urbano, who's literally, I mean, I know in the, that bath pack, he's getting his head pushed through his ass in scrum time against whoever's pushing against him. And I just wonder whether the likes of, of Marla, Sinclair, Vinopola, Cole, all of these guys that have been in possession of those shirts for so long are, are so comfortable or have been so comfortable because there isn't a lot coming in behind. Whereas if you look at England's back row and all of the options, I mean, we've had back row options all over the place in any combination for, for quite some time. And, you know, Curry is at the pinnacle of that. And you talk about him proving himself and remaining fresh underhill the same is they have to because they could quite eat a couple of bad games and they could quite easily be not just dropped out of the team but dropped out of the squad and that wouldn't happen to that doesn't seem to happen to any of those front row players obviously Makovinopola aside now and resting yeah. on their laurels well I, I i i think the problem with the front row is that the premierships are a must-win league, so you can't really experiment with props. Well, yeah, so the minute once, you do... once players get... There are the goes. players out there. There's players out there that, that haven't been tried. I mean, Paul Hill at Saints, he's never been given a yeah. run out. And even Aaron Painter at, at Saints, there's, there's players there that can be looked at, but it's the one area you cannot be second best in. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Mako Vinopola. I can't remember the last good game he had in England. So you have to move on. Yeah, you do. You're right. You do have to move on. You have to move on. Um, we could have, you know, Nick Shonnett could have had a go yeah. by now. Um, but this it's the one position I don't think you can unless it's an exceptional, exceptional talent, it's not somewhere you can just plug and play people. No. And and to give him his due, um, Carl Sinclair came on the scene at Quinn's and was exceptional. So you have to, you then have to play him. But at international level, you can't take someone that's not proven and, and which is why those summer tests are, are so important because they do give new players an opportunity I just, I just think when you look at that squad for all the new players there are there you could quite feasibly see the, the team going into the first autumn international being potentially Sinclair Marler um, Cowan Dickey well, this is the thing. So he's picked it's OJ and... Laws, Underhill, yeah. Curry, and Simmons, right? Which yeah. is only Simmons. You know, for all the, the, the players that are there that 
you think, oh, well, he's a good pick. He's a good pick. Realistically, there's not that much going into that team apart from the Vulnapolas and, and Jamie George that's different. No, and but those are three, you know, British and Irish Lions. But, like, mate, it, it, so my, my larger point about this whole squad is when you look at this squad, there are signs that it's a, a met, metamorph, met, metamorphosizing. Yeah. Met, morphing. I don't know, whatever. Changing. <laughs> um, let's go with changing. And yes, there are players that you can see, oh, maybe we are going in a new direction. The, the, the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. George Ford, Maka Vinopola, Binny Vinopola, um, that squad that got to a World Cup final and lost and has been there or thereabouts in Six Nations, but not really excelled and not really blown teams away. Why do we expect they're going to be any better four years later? No, they're the I, same players. Yeah. Uh, but, so um, you either stand still and pick the same players and expect a different result. And then when it doesn't happen, go, well, you all wanted me to pick these players. Or you go, do you know what? As I, I said, we should have done two years before or the year before. Um, I can't remember when I said it. Like now's the perfect time to blood new players because it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's doing it this in this rotation. It doesn't matter. Like if we if we don't win a game this autumn or yeah. a game in in the Six Nations, he's already going to leave after the World Cup. Yeah. But what he doesn't want to do is go down wondering, well, should I have played these players? Should I have got Sam Simmons in? What could we have done if we'd have played a slightly different game plan? And I think that's what this is. It's whether or not exactly it's whether or not he's got the balls to actually do it because he's he's managed to pick enough of the old players that it's like, well, if I pick these players and it doesn't work, at least I've given it a go. Yeah, is he is he trying to avoid throwing potentially throwing the baby out of the bathwater and going, well, if I keep Marler around, <clears throat> I keep Farrell around, you know, Farrell still a relatively young man, you know, he's 30, just 30. Um, well, I think Farrell was never going to go because he's the. Well, he's he's almost like the he's the Johnny Sexton of this England side. He, yeah. He's the leadership. He's the glue that holds it all together. You could, and, and I think what what I said with Marla is probably true. Where you make sure the front row's solid, and then with the second row players we've got, that's always going to be good. And then you can be expansive in the back row. You can be a bit more lightweight because yeah. Marla Sinclair. Cow and Dickey are going to hold their own against most teams. Yeah, I mean, I I worry. You know, you'd say Cow and Dickey there. Where Cow and Dickey went off for Exeter against Wasps at the weekend with an injury. You know, the light. I don't know what the the prognosis is on on his um, his return, but the chances are he could be he could be injured for some, if not all, of the the Autumn International duty. He's still been picked. That. Does that pave the way for George to come back? Like, who else is out there? So he's got Dolly. We'll play Tonga first. So Tonga first up. And you could you could suggest, a bit like the summer, he could pick a team like the summer against Tonga. And the likes of um, Davison and Dolly and Don Brandt, you know. I'd like to see George Martin, like, Get get them all get them all in there. Get them all used to playing international rugby. And I'm all for this. And I know Ben, if he was here, would disagree entirely around result. Oh, it's a result. You know, we want to we want to win. We you know we need we feel like we need to win every game. Don't really care. Autumn internationals. I could not care less about. No, right? I couldn't care less. I don't see. But there are some players in that side that I just like if. Yes, Nick Dolly's playing well, but if he never plays for England, I'm not going to be like, I wish Nick no. Dolly had a performance. Exactly. What I will but... be annoyed about is if someone like Alex Dombrandt, who's had two years of pulling up trees at Harlequins, is overlooked. I'd be more annoyed if Billy Vinopola was in the side and getting picked. Look, let's, I think a lot of the reason there's... 
a lot of hullabaloo now about, oh, well, these Saracens players haven't been picked. It's because they walloped Bath at the weekend. Yeah. Now, fine, you've walloped Bath. Billy Vinopola has not had a good game in the England shirt since pre-World Cup. That's nearly four years. What? Tell me what he's doing to warrant inclusion over a player that is dominating teams regularly and a player that is scoring tries for fun at Exeter. I, I, I don't get it. You know, every you look at um, the NFL and there are players that outstay their welcome. Ben Roethlisberger is doing it at Pittsburgh at the moment. He was really, really good. He was really good and now he's not. And I think the same can be said for Billy Vanapola. Yeah. I just don't think he's the same player. He, like, you can't be that size and be the same player for the amount of no. time it, that he's been there. And and he, you know, and he ought to be very good in the Premiership. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would be more surprised if he went back to the Premiership having not played rugby all summer. So he, he, had, an, he had an entire, he basically had last season off with Saracens in the Championship. You know, he played a handful of games. He's had the whole summer off. I'd be shocked if he wasn't playing well for Saracens in the Premiership. That doesn't necessarily mean he has a divine right to go straight back into the to the England side. No. And that, and I think that's what that's a point a lot of people are missing. Um, and the, the same could be said for Mako. The same could be said for for JB George. He didn't really. Play very well on the Lions tour. I've no, I've never I've never rated like I I just don't get the fuss about Jamie George. It's easy to look good in a squad that had the players that his squad has had over the years. I I just don't think. I think a lot of what was missed with Jamie George and Dylan Hartley when they both played was that Jamie George was being was in the middle of Vincent Cock and Mako Vanapola with Maro Toje. Another international behind him. George and then Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to look good in that squad. I mean, Dylan Hartley was being propped sometimes by academy players. So let let you know that I don't think that that was ever really I it's it's the old uh, Frank Lampard thing. It's easy to look good when you're playing next to two hundred million quids worth of midfielders that do the work you can't be fucked to do. Well, you know, you you said like let let's use um, let's use Paul Pogba as an analogy, right? Paul Pogba in a French side where Angelo Kante does all of his running, literally yeah. every single yard of it looks like a fucking the best player on earth. Put him in a team where he hasn't got somebody doing all of his work and he has to put a bit of effort in himself. He looks bang average. Yeah. yeah. So, fair enough. Um, I mean, my larger point about this, these forwards, is that I think that they need, there needs to be an opportunity. But I, I genuinely don't think the forwards were ever really our problem. No, we've always been able to secure ball, haven't we? And we've always been able yeah. to, to keep hold of the ball. Well, I, I mean, I don't. Think... I think largely the two, the the times we've been turned over, you know, by South Africa when. South Africa were just on the crest of a wave in that World Cup. I don't think anyone would have beaten them yeah. in those in those games. So I, I just think that um, this whole thing that you know we need to be big and we need to be this and we need to be that is just well, Australia have proven you don't need to be against South Africa. Well, you play you, you play a different to, type of game. You, well, at, at that level, you just need to be better on the day. Yeah. But what you don't need to do is try and out beat them at their at their own game, a game that they've proven they are the best at. Yeah. And if you keep yeah. doing that, and, and that's what I know we've said this before, that is what the Lions, where the fundamental failing of that the Summer Lions tour was trying to play South Africa, a team that have been playing that game for the last five years and are the world champions at playing that game with a team of tourists. Oh yeah, and and also the well the other problem with that tour was that um <laughs> the other problem with with that tour was that uh um Warren Gatland wanted to pick his mates. Yeah. 
Well, I mean that. <laughs> There's no top or bottom to that. That's what it was. Yeah. So, you know, he wanted to pick his mates. Yeah, but looking so looking at the back, looking looking at the backs, then you kind of you kind of led on to that. You know, a problem that England have had, or I mean, you could call it a problem, is of their own making, with their own game planning over the last. 18 months, two years. I mean, you look back at the Autumn Nations Cup where England just literally just kicked the ball away. Even against Georgia, they just kicked the ball away, kicked the ball away. And barring a, uh, a try from basically his own try line against Ireland from Johnny May, England were, as an attacking force, almost non-existent throughout the whole of last autumn. And it was only the fact that we played some kind of French seaside because they all went back to, to their clubs because it was outside the window, that we managed to win that Autumn Nations Cup. And it was literally an absolute farce from start to finish. And you've got Eddie Jones trying to tell people, well, you know, let's just play play territory, mate. Just play in territory. You don't need to have the ball to win rugby matches. Well, you do, Eddie. You know, you can't spend, you can't go through entire rugby, like entire rugby matches and entire sequences of games having consistently less possession and expect to to win the majority of games. I just don't yeah, see it. Rug, rugby is a game that you need to have the ball to score points. You need to have the ball eventually and relying on turning the opposition over in their own territory to then maybe kick goals or or, um, or get the odd, or the odd try here and there. Is not good. Is not going to cut it, and you know, I know we've said this before, but it, it, there is a there's there's rugby is entertainment as, as well as sport as well as results business. There is I don't know whether there is a duty, but it, it's it needs to have that it needs to have that bite. It needs to have that edge, and the way England have been playing, and the same in the Six Nations, kicking the ball away. You've you've got one of the most talented tens in the world, in George Ford, uh, you know, he, he has been and probably still is right up there as far as international tens go. And you're asking him to forego all of his natural instincts to just kick the ball in the air after two phases. Basically, two-phase yeah. kick. You've then, yeah. got, you've then got Owen Farrell, who is a different type of 10-12 hybrid, who is doing exactly the same. So you're then you're then playing a guy inside centre who doesn't really carry. So every single team knows exactly how you're going to play, which then means it becomes so easy to defend because teams don't rush defend. There's no there's no rush defence. There's no need to rush defence because you can hold your line knowing full well that England are going to kick. Now, my... My personal preference, as far as as far as back makeup goes, I would rather have a playmaker at ten and a playmaker at thirteen, with with the blunt type of instrument at twelve, rather than ten playmaker at twelve and the blunt instrument at thirteen. And England have tried it with with Tuilagi at twelve and thirteen. They did it a lot with Ben Teo. If you remember, they played Bentio a lot at 13. And then they even tried, they even tried it with Farrell to Alangi Tio as well, didn't they? With with that combination. And this is where I think Henry Slade has been a little bit sent to the wolves. Maybe the likes of Joe Marchant, um, Jonathan Joseph uh, fallen out of favour with Eddie Jones. Is that you're taking away? You've you've got you've got attacking weapons in the outside channels, and you're literally just neutralising them. They may as well not be there in the in the Six Nations and the Autumn Nations Cup. You may as well not have played Henry Slade at thirteen. You may as well not even have had a thirteen. Because yeah, well, you might as well have played with three backs. Yeah, well, you could have you could have played with a with a ten and a twelve. The, your wingers are basically just kick chasers to put the pressure on. And then you have Malins at fullback or Daly at fullback, yeah. and it just it's it's such such a negative view of playing rugby, and I just hope that 
in this in this autumn, I hope we see first of all, I hope we see Marcus Smith play all three games, regardless of per, well, I know, but regardless of performance, regardless of result, I'd love to see him play all three games. Chuck him in there, get him in against South Africa. If you're gonna play Farrell outside him, well, do, you're gonna have to do that. But the fact that he's already said that Owen Farrell is is the cap, he's the England captain, he's gonna be you know be in the team this autumn. I get the feeling that it's gonna be um, Farrell at ten, and everyone's saying, "Oh no, yeah. it'll be Farrell at 12 It'll be Farrell at ten, Tuilagi at twelve, probably Slade at thirteen. Which yeah, I don't. For I don't all mind. those names that everybody wanted in. It's still possible that in the first autumn international, it'll be Youngs, Farrell, Tuilagi, Slade, May, May, Watson, and um, Maylands. Yeah, yeah, it's highly possible. So you, you, for all the bluster, for everything else, let's remember who he is. He doesn't like being wrong we could still have a team that pretty much essentially finished the last international that England played. Yeah. And everything else is like, look, I am picking the players you want me to pick. I just don't see it. I find it, I find it difficult. I can see Furbank being on the bench because he covers fullback center 10. Yeah. Um, And I can see, um, who, who would be the other? Well, I mean, you'd have to, pick either Quirk or Smith on the bench, wouldn't he? Well, it would be Randall. I, I could see it being Randall. Uh, Quirk or Randall, Quirk. sorry, yeah. It'd be Quirk or Randall with Smith and then Stewart or um, Furbank or Freeman, because mm. Freeman's another one that could play. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he comes from the Saints, isn't he? <clears throat> so the only one I see not playing is probably Mark Atkinson, which I find is a, again, like talk about progression. You've, you've got- yeah, as, mu- as much as you might think, you know, good on, good on him. He's, he, he deserves a shot, whatever. It's, I just don't, I, there are players well, out there who you've would had, bring you've had, you've had Ollie Lawrence in and around that squad for two years, three years, yeah. however long he's been in and around that squad. Yes. He's playing for Worcester who are, absolute dog shit but like what have you just decided that you know he's not he's not in it anymore unless he's injured I don't know if there if there was an injury to Lawrence um I just think as England fans you you we should be well aware of what the deal is with this England side now you are not going to get what you want you are going to get what Eddie wants and what Eddie wants is players and the style that he's been playing for the last eight years or over. It feels like feels like Eddie Jones has been in charge of England for fucking decades, let's be honest. Um I'd be happy if I never saw him at another rugby match ever again. I'm I I've lost count of the amount of hours I've watched shots of Eddie Jones sitting in the stand trying not to look like he's looking at himself on a big screen. <laughs> I mean we we don't need to see it anymore. Like with his Good, Ill, again, ill-fitting, that, that's, ill-fitting that's hat. quite literally his job. I don't know why he needs to be there because he could watch it on telly in the warm, you know, but that's Eddie. Also, wear your um, hat properly, Eddie. It really annoys me the way he wears his hat. <laughs> I also think that should we do well in the next... What constitutes success at the next World Cup? Is anything other than winning the next World Cup a, a failure? I, I, don't, I don't think... I don't think anything other than winning the World Cup is would be deemed a success. I think even a defeat in the final would be seen as a failure. And that then there's and, no and then that, then why would he risk yeah. Marcus Smith? And that, why that, why would he? That in itself is probably is is the most sort of English arrogance, really, isn't it? Because yeah. we're not. We're not good enough to win the no, but World Cup. Look, you've only got to look on Twitter. You've only got to look look on Twitter and see the the sort of outpouring of what aboutism about the the Vunipola's not being in the squad. It was when it it wasn't long ago that everyone was saying it's time for him to go. 
Yeah. Like, if I had enough time, I'd go through Owen Slot's um, Twitter feed and find the tweets where he said, maybe it's time for Vunapola to go. And now all of a sudden, Vunapola kicks a 50-22 and he's, he's fucking is the second coming of Bowden Barrett. Like, let's, let's get a grip, shall we? This the, the team that people want, the, 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 the players that have been left out have proven that they are not good enough to win a World Cup. So why pick them again? It could be that we pick a back line of Quirk, uh, Smith, um, Oh, I don't. Here. I don't mind Tuilangi being there. Right. Let 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 me. Put it the the center is tough, to... but you could go Quirk Smith, Farrell, Tuilangi, um, Radwan, um, Watson, Stewart, and that is a really progressive team that could that could change the way England play. Yeah, it's not going to happen. You might get it against Tonga, but. Well, it, it, it will be status quo against Australia, won't it? Like you say, yeah, it'll be. Yeah, of course it will. And and that's the frustrating thing about England. It, it just um, promises a lot and always fails to deliver. There, yeah, there is absolutely no reason that against Tonga, that Randall and Quirk should be the halfbacks, like starting on the bench. In any combination, I'm not really fussed. Smith should start. Even if they put Smith, like even Smith, Atkinson, Slade, or you know whatever, not fast. Like against Tonga, they they should absolutely do what they want because regardless of who they put on that pitch, they should have enough to beat Tonga. Even if Farrell's on the bench, even if Itoji's on the bench, you know, even if like whatever, they should have enough to beat Tonga. Whoever sets foot on that pitch. When it comes to Australia and South Africa, it's different. The problem you've got is if they don't beat Tonga by 70 points, everyone will be going, oh, well, it's not good enough, is it? And that again, like that take that takes it back, that takes it back to that point I just made about typical English arrogance. Because I said it myself, if England don't win the World Cup in two years' time, it will be seen as a failure. Now, I don't think that is necessarily the case from a personal perspective. Because I realise that as a team, as a nation, as a whatever, with, with Eddie Jones in charge, I don't think we are good enough to win a World Cup. We had a, a moment that Saturday morning against New Zealand in Japan. We had a, a moment. England had an 80 minutes, unlike any 80 minutes we've had for since 2003. Really, we limped to the World Cup final in 2007. We were lucky to get there. And we you could argue we were unlucky not to win it come the end. But we should never have got to that final. So that that 2019 World Cup semi was our, our moment in the sun. Like it was an incredible performance. And you know, every bit of plaudits for that 80 minutes should have been taken and should be, should be enjoyed. But when it came to the crunch, we didn't have the arsehole for it and it fell out. Like South Africa were the best, best team and they literally pummeled us in, into the ground. So where do, where do we as a nation get off suggesting that like as a, as a media and there will be people all over the media to say that what we just said around England, not winning the world cup will be a failure. Similarly, oh, well, we're playing Tonga. We should put 50 points on Tonga. If we play, if there was an acceptance among supporters and among the media that says, actually, we're going to play this experimental side against Tonga, we should still win. But Tonga will be a big physical team. How do these youngsters, how do these, you know, and, and they're not youngsters. We're not putting kids out there. They are professional rugby players whose job it is to play rugby and they've been picked for England because they are good at it. So we're not just throwing in a bunch of fucking mall over invitational 39 year olds and saying, go on lads, have a, have a go. <laughs> well, we're, Joe Marler. We are, well, we are, we're throwing in exceptionally talented rugby players that should have enough skill to win the match 
where they need to learn and improve is around intensity in test match rugby, is around decision-making, is around all of these things that comes quicker when it's on the international stage, when it's not in front of 8,000 people at Franklin's Gardens, when it's when there are 70,000 people at Twickenham, it hits a little bit different. And that's the yeah. point, right? That is where everybody needs to learn and accept, actually, it doesn't matter. The result doesn't matter. Autumn International's results do not matter. Let just yeah, let them let's learn. take it for what it is uh, an opportunity for the RFU to make a bit of, a bit of bunts. Yeah, absolutely. So look, with that in mind, who who are you picking? What 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 would be your team for the first day? So Tonga, I am picking. Well, no, for for the for the Australia match. For the Australia game, right? So <laughs> I'm I'm picking um, Cowan Dickey if it is starting at hooker. That's that's inevitable. I'm picking Genge and Sinclair to start. I'm picking a Toji and I'm picking Courtney Laws. I'm picking um, Tom Curry at six, Sam Underhill at seven, and Alex Dombrand at eight. I'm picking... Um, I'm probably picking Ben Youngs at nine against Australia with either Quirk or Randall on the bench. I would pick Smith at 10, Farrell at 12, Tuolagi at 13. If Farrell, based on the fact that Farrell is going to play. So if you're asking me who I think Eddie will pick or who I would pick myself, because if it was me, I would pick Slade. Uh, sorry, I would pick um, Smith. To I'm asking you to pick your team. Right, okay. Well, so at the moment, I'm then picking um, Quirk, Smith, Tuolagi, Slade, Radwan, Watson, Stewart. Because I like that, the fact that they can go wide from Smith to Slade, but they can also get straight up the middle with Tuolagi. And I just think Farrell slows it down. I just, yeah. You could see it with Saracens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd go the same, same forwards. Definitely, I'd have Ludlam on the bench though. I'd have see. I'd have. I'd, I'd have, have Ludlam Laws and three front rows. You'd have Law, You'd have Laws on the bench. But you start in yeah. Johnny Hill. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Um. Johnny Hill on the bench. So the reason I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree, I would pick Simmons. I'd pick Simmons on the bench because he can do six, seven, and eight. Yeah, but um, so can Ludlam. To be fair, and yeah, you can shuffle that back row accordingly. Anyway, couldn't you? Yeah, uh, and then the backs. I, I, I would. I wouldn't have Ben Youngs anyway in the squad. I'd have. Uh, probably Quirk, Smith, Farrell, Tuolangi, and then I'd have, yeah, probably Radwan, Stewart, and I think Malin's on the wing, maybe. I, I mean, I really like watching Max Malin's play. Max, for Bristol, it, it ten, it on the wing, he's got weird amounts of gas for somebody who doesn't look like he should have gas. Yeah, in a bit, in a in an Elliot Daly sort of way, you know, Elliot yeah. Daly doesn't. He, but he look, runs almost in slow motion, doesn't he? Yeah, it's it's strange, and the fact that he can cover all three back positions, and you could almost and ten, you could almost argue to not pick a ten on the bench and play more utility backs because you could you could have Slade for instance you could have Slade on the bench to cover center and 10 but you could also have Malins on the pitch in case Smith goes down and that or then you've got Farrell goes down but i like i like the thought of Malins in the 20 in the 23 shirt 
because I think he offers a point of difference, and you could shuffle yeah. that. You could shuffle that whole back line, depending on a situation, and you could put Malins on the wing because Malins he's a really intelligent footballer, and he looks like he reads the game so well. But and I had this conversation on Twitter with a, with a, with a few people. I think Ryan was one of them. It's around like. Everyone's saying picking Freddie Stewart, Stewart at fullback, which I completely agree with, by the way. He is he is one of the most talented fullbacks I've seen for a long time. The way he dominates the the high ball area is like nobody else out there at the moment for me. And nobody has done that since Mike Brown was in his in his pomp, really. Just used to come and dominate. And where England have lacked and where we've looked vulnerable is under that high ball where Elliot Daly for a, a certain amount of time um, and Watson to a certain extent, they're quite passive. They they were always waiting for that ball to come to them. You never felt comfortable that they were going to go, whether I get it or not, right? I'm going to make it mine. Now, Stuart, you might come, you might come for 10 of those a game. You might come for six of those a game, let's say. And if you if you're confident enough, and you collect four of those cleanly, you've done your job. If you drop two, you might get a knock in the air. Somebody might get up. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you if you're winning 80 percent of those collisions by being positive and proactive, I think that is an absolute key to any to nullifying a kicking threat from an opposition and fullback no matter what anybody says, I don't think, everyone thinks, oh, anyone can play fullback. Oh, you know, any back with a bit of talent, oh, they can play fullback. I don't think you can. It's a specialist position that absolutely needs to be treated as such. And I think for too long, it's been paid lip service to try and shoehorn certain people into a starting 15 um, since they let Mike Brown go. And, you know, and Mike Brown did start to deteriorate. So I'm not, you know, I don't mind that. Um, but fullback is a specialist position. So, and, and I want it to be treated like it. Fair. Fair. I mean, we've been pretty serious tonight, haven't we? Really serious. I know. I know. Maybe, maybe. We I don't need... know what to tell you, mate. I don't know maybe... what to tell you. I think. Um... Maybe we need Ben. Maybe we need maybe. Ben and Phil. Because they yeah. offer a serious view, which enables us then to be slightly more. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I, I expect to be really underwhelmed by what happens this autumn. I, I think um, everyone's expect everyone's expecting us to re- evolve, Not but re-evolve. I think we'll just revolve. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the, the the revolution that everyone expects. And that's and that's a fair point. I I think you might be right, and I fear you might be right. And I'd love yeah. nothing more to be proved wrong. But when when Australia, it'd be comes great to if town, one of the it'd be great if you know even just one of the nines comes through. Yeah, but It'll Ben be, Youngs is there, and he's, he's going to get picked whatever. Yeah, and. You know, if he does it against Tonga, everybody will be literally sucking Eddie Eddie Jones dry for a week mm. or for for five days until he names that that team for for Australia, and it's back to the the status quo, which it probably will be. Yeah, yeah, totally. And if we do that, you know, we, I think Australia and South Africa will pump us into oblivion if we if we approach it in that way i'd rather i'd rather get i'd rather get beaten by trying something new and giving these guys experience than than get beaten revolving not evolving as you rightly said i agree so there we go stop banging on about it now anyway yeah let's 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 do that should we should we do some any other business weirdly this zoom calls is lasted forever so i don't know what the uh go on then what do you want to what do you want any other well, I want to any other business about a couple of things. Um, 
I promise. I mean, can I promise never to mention the Mall Over Invitational again? No, I don't think. No. We should. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a successful event. But we've we finally totaled up all of the, the money, and we raised just over, just north of sixteen hundred and fifty pounds in total for Rugby Against Cancer. So thank you to everyone. We sold all the shirts. If you want a shirt, we need to get at least ten people that want a shirt of a smaller size or you know want a shirt, and we can do a special order. And as Dougie says, as said previously. Um, four pounds of that shirt order will go to to rugby against cancer. So if you uh, if you want one, let us know. Um, but yeah, really really happy that we we got over sixteen hundred quid. So that so that's cool. Um, and my second bit of any other business, I as a kid, I used to play a lot of um, championship manager. Doug, I'm sure you used to play Championship yeah. Manager as well. What, yeah. what an absolute game. And um, was it Edios? Was it the company Edios? I want to say it was Edios. Idos. Idos, not Edios. <laughs> Idos. Um, the new Football Manager game is coming out in the next couple of weeks. And in celebration, there is a uh, Championship Manager 0102 free to download so the other week i download well last week i downloaded um champ manager 0102 and uh and went at it and i forgot how much of your time can be absolutely black holed into championship manager and some of the oh, players yeah. Mate, like Cherno Samba signing yeah. Taribo West on a free for every Rush- time for Rushton and Diamonds. Daniel Bratton, he's the man. Yeah, Mark Kerr. Have you um, have you actually? You need to sign Daniel Bratton, honestly. Daniel Bratton. Yeah, he ended up he ended up playing at Bolton for a season. Yeah, in real life, B R A A T E N. Bratton, I'm going to find him. In my first seasons, and, and the guy, so there's a, um, I think it's called Footy Manager Memes on Instagram. They set a challenge to get, if you could get Rushton and Diamonds to win the Premier League before um, the new game is out. And you, there were a few players on the list that you weren't allowed to sign um, just because they were obviously the Wonder Kids. Um, and you weren't allowed to log in as an extra manager as Real Madrid and Manchester United and buy your 39 year old veteran center back for 50 million pounds just to, just to get your coffers up. Um, so in my first, in my first season with Rushton, I, I finished second in league two, um, signed some absolute players in from the, the doldrums, got a few in on loan. And, uh, but like I say, I forgot how much time you could just get, you just losing it. You start playing it and you, you start looking at some stuff and searching for players and going through and through. You play a season and actually, you know, four hours of your life has just disappeared. Gone. And you've and you've done nothing other than look at the screen. And it's like you can literally blink and you've lost four hours. And it's beautiful. I remember I remember as a as a kid, like 15, 16 years old, starting playing it like eight o'clock in the morning when when your mum and dad go to work. And they're coming in from work at five o'clock and you're still sat yeah. in your shorts and t-shirt on the computer, still playing it. Well, mate, 0102, wouldn't we? Have, I, well, I, I was in the Air Force yeah, at that time. I, I, was I can remember playing that game. It would have been it would have been the year before I came to Bentley. So yeah. it would have been 20. I can remember taking my laptop on detachment and playing it. Yeah. Absolute worldy game. Oh, yeah. And it I'm got, you know, it got really technical and they evolved it and it, it worked, you know, it's too much it. now. Yeah, it is too much, but that was, that was its pure. Like yeah. up to about Oh four Oh five before it came football manager. It was, yeah. it was absolutely pure. Kennedy yeah. back here. Do you remember Kennedy? Well, I can't remember. Yeah. How you pronounce it. What a guy. And always signed to Rebo West. Always got a work permit. It's all those international always. games you played. For the international, only for Nigeria. Yeah. There you go. Um, That's my other business. 
yeah, mine, um, for anyone that was at the Mall Over Invitational, we had an interesting discussion about my shirts and uh, my general body dimensions. I don't know, <laughs> Rush, you were probably too, um, <laughs> to an too far gone by that point, right? Um, what, in the pub on the Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah, mate. So obviously, I mean, you I'm, forget I had a mild concussion. Yeah, well, basically, I'm I'm quite a short fella. I'm five, nearly five nine, and uh, got weirdly sort of wide shoulders for a small fella. But what I have got is um, an eighteen and a half inch neck, <laughs> which is a neck roughly the size that should be on the body of a six foot four human man. And uh, mine is on the body of a five foot nine ish man. So that, that scuppers me for buying off the rack clothing. So shirts, I even make the, they're, they're, they're at point of sale, there is a decision to be made as to whether I buy the appropriate length sleeve, in which case I can't do the top button up or I buy a massively over long sleeve so I can do the top button up. And usually it comes down to how it fits me around, around the waist. But now, um, I'm at an age where sports sports coats are, uh, you know, they're what I wear. I wear a chino and a, and a shirt and a, and a sports jacket as if I'm going to a rugby formal or, or a post-rugby match. Um, I can't tell you how difficult it is to buy a fucking jacket that fits me off the rack. I, what am I going to do? If anyone has got any recommendations for clothing companies that can bespoke you a jacket for less than 300 quid, please get in touch because I, I need a jacket that fits me properly. It's either too tight or too wide or too long. Nothing fits. I'm, I'm sick to the back. I'm sick to the gills of it. I'd love to just be a normal sized human. Mate, I didn't have an 18 and a half neck when I was 20 odd stone. No, mate, it's ludicrous. Look, if I just slightly compress my neck... <laughs> It's wider than my head. My neck's wider than my like head. Fucking ram man. I know it's it's frankly outrageous. That's incredible. Um, so yeah, I any anyway. I'm just, I've got a golf dinner to go to, right? I mean, it, it, that is the most ludicrously white middle class thing I could possibly do. But I've I've got a golf awards function on the fifth of November that I need to go to. The last sort of blazer that I bought. I was carrying a bit of extra timber. So, I mean, essentially it looks like a sack, a Hessian potato sack with me in the middle of it. So I needed, I need a jacket. I've been to um, John Lewis today. I went to next. I went to Marks and Spencer. I've been everywhere trying to find a jacket, right? Nothing fucking fits. Get yourself to Matalan. Well, we were trying to find where you got your jacket from that you wore to the uh, Mall Over Invitational, Russ. I think I think that was a Matalan special. Got to be honest. Matalan. Matalan, mate. Yeah. Just a little, just a, just a little tweedy I like, the Her- I like the herringbone sports jacket uh, accompanying the, the chinos and the That's suede just, shoes. It's just a classic look. The man of 40. I know I what know. I like. <laughs> I know what I like um, and I like what I know. Yeah, so I I just need a tailored jacket. If anyone can recommend somewhere, please do, because otherwise I have to make that. Like every clothing decision is a choice for me. At the moment, I'm going for a 38 38 regular jacket because the arms fit and it kind of looks all right around my waist, but the shoulders are too, too, uh, not wide enough. So just can't do it. Yeah. Get you on, get you on the rack. <laughs> the only racks you're on, son, racks of lamb, <laughs> racks of ribs, Eat, eating them. <laughs> baby back, baby back, like baby drumsticks, back. The sweets. That was that was fucking fat bastard in uh, Austin Powers on it. I like my baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. And if if you haven't seen, if you've if you've got Tubsy on uh, Facebook, the picture oh, that he put yeah. up there this week is beautiful into phenomenal like <laughs> that was me i reckon that was i reckon that was me at my absolute peak yeah and 10 years ago when you look and, back and you think that when i was at the peak of my physical fitness i looked like that 
Yeah, when like I my should've... body would never have been in better condition had I looked after it, and I did that to it. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll tweet it tomorrow. I'll Imagine tweet... how good you'd have been at football if you'd have, you know, looked after yourself. I'll tweet, I'll tweet it. Like you would have seen said picture by the time, um, by the time this goes out, and this was me at the age of twenty nine. Um, stood next to or playing in a in a uh, charity football match against Darren, <laughs> and, and luckily, you know, when Twitter when it crops pictures, yeah. should we just guess who that? And that's <laughs> and that's what we'll do. Yes, guess hashtag who. guess who, and it's not Richard from Guess Who, right? That'll do, Doug. Um, I don't know how long we'll be going for, but we're going for long enough as it's just the two of us. Um, we will see you all next week. There's a load of Premiership action and we'll probably see some fallout from the Indian squad to see what uh, who the injured players have been replaced by and so on. So we will see you all next week. Uh, go well. Podcast Network.